Welcome back to another episode of the Markel Fultz Stand Report, also known as the Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? It's a, it's a cold night in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm seated on my bed, outlooking the lit city. You know, in probably the nicest apartment I'll have for the next 10 years, because I'm about to be broke as shit for the next 10 years. Guys, it, it's, been a, it's been a crazy last few days in the NBA. I'm ready to talk some basketball, Will. What about you, my man? I am excited for this episode. So normally we get like a few few topics going uh like with what we want to talk about each pod we have two topics for this pod and each one is going to take us in a thousand and one directions (laughs) and this is going to be great out of every podcast we've ever done i think this is the one i've been most excited for with the exception of the one one where i talked about mookie bets That an all-time felt, classic. <laughs> that was an all-time classic episode of the Markel Fultz Stand Report. That's a fact. You're already- now, speaking of Markel Fultz, Julian, how many what how many how many points did Markel Fultz have the other night? Boy, the Lonzo Ball. That is true. Twenty <laughs> points for Markel Fultz. Future MVP, future Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player. Not just kidding. It's probably Devonte Graham, but Most Improved Player. Markel Fultz. We, we tried predict- to tell you guys. We tried, we tried to, to tell you guys. We tried. We tried. Even last year, when Orlando traded for Markel Fultz, we were like, how come every bad team didn't try to do this? <sighs> and guess what? We were right. I'm telling you, Will, this, this week for me has been an all-time, has been an all-time week of, in my self-esteem as far as my NBA takes. Markel Fultz is looking good. Ben McLemore just had the game of his career, I think. Is seven that saying years, much? Seven years later, he's had the best game of his career, 28 points in 29 minutes. He you could checked. have cut those amount of points in half, and it would have still been the best game of his career. <laughs> anyway, I want to shout out real quick our long-time listenership, our first-time listenership. Welcome to the podcast. No matter what your what, – we're, we're just happy to have you. We're happy to have you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I was going for right, there. So we're, we're going to start here. Let's off. get straight to it. <laughs> All right. Let's, yes, straight to it after five minutes. All right, here we go. <laughs> Two nights ago, December 3rd, the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs participated in a game of basketball in which the Spurs won by two in double overtime. Now, the reason this game is relevant the refs m- might have had one of the worst missed calls in NBA history. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. And the reason it was so bad is because they literally missed a basket. So in the third quarter, James Harden gets a steal off a pass, runs down in the wide open fast break, dunks the basketball so hard that the ball spins through the net and then comes back at- and then comes back out but through the bottom of the net in a way where it made it look like it never went in. Now, what probably should have happened in this situation? Uh, the ref should have all kind of got come together. They should have been like, okay. Um, obviously, that basket went in. Two points awarded to Houston, San Antonio ball. Right? Mm-hmm. It should have been easy. Mm-hmm. Instead, what happens is Houston gets the rebound. 
or rebound off the made shot. Mike D'Antoni calls a timeout to challenge it. The refs say you can't challenge it. And the whole thing just became a mess. Now, there is this kind of stuff has happened before. A few years back, Manu Ginobili made a three-pointer. The refs didn't realize it went in. I don't really know how that happens. The refs didn't realize it went in. What happened? Popovich called the timeout and started yelling at them. They kind of just conferred, went to the video review. This was years ago. Mm. And just and then added the added the points back to San added the points to San Antonio and gave them the ball. Or sorry, and then gave and gave whoever the other team was the ball. So there is precedent of this happening, but for some reason the refs were just like, no, can't challenge it. Nope. Now. Julian. Houston is challenging the result of the game now, saying that it is unfair that they were given a loss in a game where this egregious act happened. And I, and I don't mean egregious sarcastically. That's Are they quote. right to challenge us? That's a quote, right? No, I'm just saying that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It, it legitimately was an egregious missed call. Well, yes, it was. And Houston's acting like it was egregious. They're making sure to... To put that to to, to put their uh, that that fact out there, but here's the thing, Will. I need because and here's the thing: you can cheat on drug tests. I heard there. I, I think I read it in Daryl Strawberry's book. Dude used to have like a catheter that he, <laughs> he used to bring with him in drug tests. So while he was doing lines of coke, he was he was <laughs> he was beating his drug tests. All right. All right. I, see I need a man. Going. I need someone who is cool with supervising drug tests, careful supervision of drug tests, because here's the thing. I don't believe Daryl Morey is at fault for this. I believe Tillman Fertitta, the Rockets' new owner, who's proven he's one of the kings of new owner mistakes. I believe Tillman Fertitta needs to be drug tested now. He, Tillman Fertitta is smoking something that is not marijuana. I don't know what the hell was happening. This is the biggest bullshit I have ever seen. What the fuck is this? This is yeah. ridiculous. This is ridiculous. What kind of pussy shit is this? The Rockets, the Rockets, we know this. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast the other day. They covered this well. The Rockets are, are known to bitch about calls, and they are not well-liked in the league because of it, especially, especially when you look at last year's playoffs. First game. A bunch of calls didn't go their way. And if you and remember they just, correctly, they, they, complete, they completely pouted for the next two games of the series. And if you remember correctly, two years ago, they actually hired a private investigator to see whether the NBA was rigging the games against them. Oh, come on. In the, uh, in the Golden State series. That's stupid. That's just stupid. Like, what are you doing? Here's the thing. And, 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 that, and, and a type of conspiracy like that would, ever ha- would never happen. Um, I'm pretty sure Dallas in uh, 06 or whatever it was would beg to differ. And, I, I, and, and Sacramento. Well, yeah, well, any, any, and any, uh, in any series Tim Donaghy was a part of, but that's, that's another yeah. story for another day. Anyway, I'm Boy, this, was years this is the biggest ago. bullshit ever. Now. This is the, this is the biggest bullshit ever. What is happening here? Like, come on. Yes, that call was blown, but you know what? Houston blew that game. Houston blew that game. That's not and and I, yeah. I like and I like a lot of the rest calls late. I like it. Houston blew that game. Fuck out of here. Grow yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So I actually agree. Um, I don't. Okay, I don't blame. Uh, I don't blame them 
for for challenging the result of the game. Because why not? It doesn't cost them anything. Who cares? What I do blame them for is blowing a 22-point lead late in the third quarter to a team without their best player. LaMarcus Aldridge did not play a single minute this game. And to a team... Or sorry, against the team that was under 500 and really struggling recently. There was a lot of reasons the Rockets lost this game. Now, yes, that one basket hurts, especially uh-huh. when you lose by two and when the game goes into overtime. Uh-huh. Because hypothetically, yes, they did score two more points than, uh, than San Antonio in regulation. Uh-huh. So I understand the basis of the argument. However, they blew a 22-point lead. I'm going to read some stats from tonight's game. From sorry, not from, not from tonight. From the la- from that night's game. I have Let's some good ones here. Julian does not know these going in. All right. <laughs> in NBA history, only five players. Sorry, only six players have ever taken 30 plus shots but scored less than 20 points. <laughs> Nick Anderson, Monte Ellis, Ooh. Gary Payton, Reggie Theus, Mike Mitchell, and tonight and and that night Russell Westbrook. Ooh, I don't even know who like two of those guys are. <laughs> and I know I know I, basketball. I know basketball pretty well, as you know. Well, I, I believe I do. I don't know who the fuck Mike Mitchell is. Yeah, I'm gonna call this. I've never heard of Mike Mitchell. I know the other guys. <laughs> don't know Mike Mitchell. I've heard the name Reggie Theus before. I think he played on the Kings, like way back yep. in the day. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, but this is when he was actually on Chicago when this happened. But in that game, Mike Mitchell shot 5 of 32 and scored 10 points. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what year do you think this was? I don't know, like like in 1980-something? 1980, exactly. Oh, all right, all right. Well oh. All right, <laughs> another stat from this game. The only two players in NBA history – to ever have a 2020 game without missing a single shot, Wilt Chamberlain eight times, and Dikembe Mutombo. Mm. Clint Capella has now joined that group. Mm, interesting. Yep. Another one. The lowest field goal percentage for an NBA for in NBA history for a player scoring 50 points. James Harden that game, 28%. Ooh. He also made 11 total shots in a game he scored 50 points. Yes, that is a fact. He also tied J.R. Smith's NBA record for most amount of three-pointers missed that game. Oh, I, rem- I remember that. I remember that J.R. Smith game. Mello was out. 16 Mello- missed three-pointers. <laughs> Mello was out that one game with the Knicks that season after they— J.R. Smith's eyes lit up. Oh, J.R. Smith was hype. J.R. Smith woke up that day. He was that might have been the happiest J.R. Smith has ever been. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, you know what's funny about that uh that Westbrook stat I said before? Uh-huh. About players that took over 30 shots but less than 20 points. Yeah. Tonight, uh the Rockets beat the Toronto. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, 19 points, 27 shot attempts. Almost did it again. Almost back to back nights. I'm impressed. Uh, been crazy. Anyway, those those are all the crazy stats I have. Actually, sorry, I have two more crazy stats from this game. Forgot one. <laughs> Actually, forgot two. Out of every player in the game, who do you think played the most minutes? 
It's got to be Harden, right? P.J. Tucker. Oh, really? three more minutes than Harden. Jesus. 50, 51 and a half minutes for P.J. Tucker. Austin oh. Rivers played 39 minutes this game. Mm. The high for minutes in a double overtime game for San Antonio was Jakob Podol. Some weird numbers in this game. <laughs> God, anyway, man. so so there, there's a few ways I want to take this game. All right. Because a lot happened. But actually, actually, I've been talking a lot here. Julian, take it away. What do you what do you have to say about that game? I've got to say, man, Will, I've been telling you. I've been t- I told you. I tried to tell you about my man, Lonnie Walker the fourth. I tried to tell you. Yes, you did. He was he was he was great for them. I'm feel I told I was talk, talking about my NBA self esteem earlier today. Ben McLemore, Markel Fultz, Lonnie Walker. We are here. We are here. I'm I'm so hyped, bro. I turned this game off. I saw that the Rockets were down like twenty in the third quarter. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I was, like, was down twenty two. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I I just kind of I did, I just wanted to do something else. I forget what I did. I think I might have started like watching some of a James Bond movie for some reason because I've never watched a James Bond movie for myself, but I saw it was on Amazon Prime. One. I was like, I bet I'll, I'll check I'll check this out at least. By the way, Creed Two is on Amazon Prime. I might actually watch is it? this. I yes, so we oh. can we can, <laughs> we can oh. have like a, <laughs> we okay. can have common ground to talk about movie wise on the podcast. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> you can't you can't judge Stallone on Creed Two. I can't. Nope. <laughs> is he that bad? Watch Creed 1 first. I watched Creed 1. All right, he was good in that one. He wasn't bad in that. He wasn't bad. Considering the... the, the he shitty... won a war. <laughs> considering the terrible St- Sylvester Stallone performances of the past, Creed 1 was like Academy Award winning. Well, he did win an Academy Award. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually mad at that. He was good in Creed 1. He was. Yeah, Creed like, 2, not Tessa, the same. <laughs> Tessa Thompson's valid, though. Tessa Thompson's valid. I'm not going to lie. Great. She's yeah, great. She's good looking. Okay. Okay, uh, anyway. <laughs> do, do you know who was not great in that San Antonio game? DeMar DeRozan oh, being a minus 12 in 41 minutes in a game they won. He shot 9 of 25. The the incredibly not-so-secret secret anymore is how much better the Spurs are when DeRozan's not on the court. I agree, especially when you and look at— And this has been multiple years now. Just look at the plus minuses. The plus minuses for the Spurs, looking at what their lineup looked like when they were when they were putting points up on the board and when they came back against this Rockets team, it's pretty it's it's obvious from what it was, honestly, what their best lineup was from the plus minus. Lonnie Walker plus twenty-nine. Yep. My man DeJounte Murray, only three of eight from the field, plus seventeen. Patty Mills plus eleven. Patty Mills. Mills guy guy like a contender to trade for. Trey Lyles has been pretty good this year. Plus seven. Total Spurs and, guy. And even though Jakob Pertl was minus three, what a game by him. I think this is the best Jakob Pertl game I've ever seen. Fifteen rebounds, five. He was assists, fantastic. He had some crazy blocks. blocks. He had some crazy blocks down the stretch. It was it was impressive. And I thought that Brent Forbes might have been their best player all night, though. I agree. He was really good. Uh, and here's the thing. Personally, and, and this wasn't definitely, and I'm I'm not like I'm, I'm a Derek White fan personally. I like Derek White, but um, and he wasn't great this game. 
But I think this game, I'm so excited for the Spurs' future. I was already excited for the Spurs' future, but after this game, I think this game signals the changing of the guard. Yeah. In San Antonio. Yeah, no. I really think it does. I think this win is going to spark them. Popovich coached his ass off. He coached his ass off. The Spurs played great D down the stretch, taking charges, you know, and, and we'll get we'll get we'll get to Harden's foul shooting later. That's a that's a whole other topic under this yep. umbrella topic. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the Spurs' future. They've got a good young core, man. Lonnie Walker, Dejounte, I those, yeah, those guys can so, ball. So when watching Bryn Forbes, I didn't realize how good of a floater he had. He's good. He. He had like that little like, kind of herky jerk, Markel Fultz in the summer league kind of shot, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where he was just where he like run into the paint and then kind of fade back into like a weird one hand layup floater thing, but he kept doing it and it was working. He really played well. He really played well, and I, 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 and I have to give it up to your man Lonnie Walker. He hit the biggest shot of the game, the three pointer in regulation. And he really played his ass off. It, Popovich's team showed a lot of, lot of, uh, just a lot of mental toughness. I mean, coming down from twenty-two points isn't easy, especially when you have James Harden and uh, Westbrook and Capella and PJ Tucker all playing over twenty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was great, hundred percent. And I think this makes this even paves the way for a trade that I, I thought that this signing is going to come in the summer, but I feel like the trade. Considering the Knicks just got blown out by uh, by only like thirty seven, it was it should have been like forty four or forty five <laughs> tonight. Back to back forty point losses. First time a team has done that since the the seventy sixers of Hollis Thompson and good three uh, point shooter. <laughs> Hollis Thompson should still be in the league. He wasn't bad, uh, or at least be around that. the league. Like maybe like I don't know. Anyway, is he in the G League? Should he's be. in Greece. I don't know. He's on, he's on Olympiakos, right. yes. Shout out my man Jason. I know this. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think DeMar DeRozan, either this year or the next, is going to find his way to the Knicks. Oh, I completely see it. I completely see oh, it. I think God. the Knicks are going to give up Nilakina, and I think they might give up... Oh, you think, just, you think a trade happens this year? I could completely see it coming, because the Spurs were, for some reason, interested in Marcus Morris. That's $16 million. That comes that that's but that was that for go- two years. True, but wait, Marcus Morris's deal is only for one, right? Yeah. So Marcus Morris, that's sixteen million out of how much is DeRozan making? Like 28, 25? 28, yeah. Twenty eight. That's 28. okay. Then then they just have to match the last twelve million. That's not impossible. They can do that. I I really think this trade could happen, especially with the desperation that Knicks have for for any relevant even past his prime star is. DeRozan clearly is at this point, and 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 actually, honestly, getting off this topic because DeMar DeRozan is really boring to talk about right now. Despite I was really <laughs> rooting for DeRozan this game from Compton, you know, um, I, I've been a fan of his since he was back in high school. But um, but anyway, watching him take mid-range jumpers, contested jumpers, weird layups, it was giving me an aneurysm, guy. Like Jesus Christ, like I, yeah, like DeRozan was really bad in this game, which brings us. Back to Russell Westbrook, who down yep. the stretch, the Spurs were begging him to shoot anything, whether it's it a, was whether really it's a bad. wide open jump shot, whether it's a three point. The, the Spurs, I could see. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a, I can't, I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a clairvoyant. I'm not a soothsayer. But Stevie Wonder could have seen how Oof. the Spurs defenders were praying 
Russell Westbrook would take any type of offensive move that wasn't and not James Harden. They were praying. They were, please, Russell, please do this. Chris Clemens played 11 minutes this game for Houston, scored zero points, and had an offensive rating of zero. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of issues on this team. <laughs> ben McLemore playing 27 minutes. He wasn't bad. I know, wasn't I know you like Ben McLemore. I, know, I don't care about his plus minus. I'm talking about Ben McLemore. <laughs> It's like, it's like when you tried to, like, plus minus me with Ennis Cantor. I'm like, okay, but did you see him try to guard a pick and roll? And I will say that Ennis Cantor, last Celtics game, minus five with him on the court, plus 27 with him off. Oof. Hey, interesting. Cantor versus Jokic t- uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's that's a Cantor matchup I like. <laughs> that's one of the games he should do well in. You know, yeah. guy that's not going to move around a lot. No, Jokic. Which can shoot threes, which I worry about Cantor not standing in one place. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe you know, we know Jokic is probably going to spend tonight at like some some Irish bar in the South End, probably getting tonight. <laughs> probably... Well, tonight he's got to come back from uh, come back from New York. They're going to be on a, they're going to be on a bus all night or a plane all night or whatever. Oh, true. He's got to he's got to get the the KFC under Madison Square Garden to go, <laughs> as as you pointed out. <laughs> But he'll uh, he'll he'll hop. Oh yeah. Okay. So quick Jokic rant. <laughs> so Julian, hold on. I need to go back in our text and find this. So Julian, Julian is, is we were, we were texting the other night, and uh, was this the other night? Was this it today night? or the other night? I'm not sure. We talked about make fun of Jokic's weight every single night. I think Jokic should be so good, man. Just like I don't know. It's really it's really annoying. I feel bad for him. And I feel bad making fun of him because it's like he should be so good and it's literally just his weight that's holding him back. I don't feel bad for him at all. All right. So, so as the, the, one weird thing about being in really good shape is that you, you, you forget. You, you, you lose sympathy for out-of-shape people. <laughs> no offense, Will. Ouch. But, yeah. <laughs> I love you. You're, no, my man Will's about to go to the gym. He's about to look sculpted, about to look like a Greek god sculpted Three by weeks. Michelangelo. That's all I need. Three weeks, three weeks, bro. You got this. You got this. I'm telling you. Oh man, I keep I keep going and starting, going and starting. <laughs> Gym membership's too expensive to be inconsistent. True, that's a fact. That's All a right. fact. So, so Julian and I were texting the other night about Jokic, and I can't find the exact text on here, but just just take my word for it. We were texting about Jokic. We were talking about, you know, what's around, um, like, like what's around uh, the Denver Nuggets arena? Like, where does he go after a game? Because I was like, well, <laughs> you know, he's got a, there's got to be like somewhere around there. And I found the text. turns out, did you? Okay. Okay. Yes. So you can, Quote you, from you, Will. you can read it. I'm looking at restaurants around the Nuggets practice facility. There is a McDonald's and a Panda Express right across the street. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is a nine-minute drive. Wingstop is a ten-minute drive. There's also a Burger King like three minutes away. Wendy's, eight-minute drive. <laughs> we were, I was examining the entire neighborhood right there. Is there I'm an like, over... <laughs> what, what time of night was this text? <laughs> this was... I, I'm not sure. I think this might have been during the day. Was it okay? I don't know. 
What's I'm trying the third? to think of what I was doing at that time. Is there an over-under on, like, Wendy's runs? Uh, Jokic just sent Michael Porter Jr. on this year. Oh, man. Well, because I was, okay, so I was like, there's got to be, like, a Chick-fil-A or something. And I saw the Panda House. I'm like, oh, all right, that makes sense. But, okay, anyway, so well, well, how, did, how did I get off on this rant? What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm just going to bring it right back to Houston. So James Harden, <laughs> okay. 7 of 30 last, or 7 of 30 that game, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, you know, triple double. Got mm-hmm. his triple double. Russell Westbrook loves his triple doubles. Like Jokic also likes triple doubles, but a different kind. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to panic on Houston yet. Because, and I'm not panicking based on the result of the game. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, they win that game. Hell, hell, 99 times out of 100, they win that game. But there's something concerning about Westbrook taking 30 shots and making seven. Harden taking 38 shots and making 11. They, and a big part of this is Eric Gordon's gone. A big part. Which is huge. But... These guys aren't working together as well as I was hoping. And I saw all the usage stuff going into the season, but I thought they'd be able to figure it out. Julian, what do you think? You think they can figure it out? I, I was with you on the usage stuff. I thought that it was definitely concerning, but those guys are friends on and off the court. So I assume they would be able to find some common ground, be able to... And, and guys who played together before, even though, I mean, everything was so different way back when those guys played together. I mean, we were still in high school... Um, I don't even, what, what year was that? It was like 2013? Something like that. So I don't even know. I was, I was a little scrawny kid. You know what I'm saying? I was, <laughs> no, that was a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, well, oh, I might have God. not known you back when Westbrook and Harden, uh, played together first. Honestly, I don't, I'm not sure if we did know each other. There's a, a possibility. Um, <laughs> all right. So a little known fact about how Julian and I basically met. Yeah. We were on. We were on a. We went on a job shadow to ESPN. No, we we knew each other from make from Mrs. St. John's journalism class. Yeah, but we think, never right? really talked until that trip. No, I think we we had talked. I talked to you in class, definitely. I think. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? The ESPN trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Will went on a. We went on a ESPN trip to um to Bristol, you know, to the beautiful town of Bristol, Connecticut, along with a guidance counselor, and and I remember we de- we definitely chopped it up along a lot on that right yeah yeah it was us and uh it was us and mr flynn i think there was someone else there was it a girl i thought it was, thought it was camp powell camp not camp camp powell wasn't on that i don't anyway. know anyway it doesn't, it, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't matter a whole different type of off topic right now <laughs> anyway um, this is the most off topic we ever got but there's, there's a point to the story so we're so we're in the car we're in the car to to bristol it's about like an hour 20 minute drive and we're just and we're just going off about basketball, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and then and then that and then soon after that, we launched our first podcast, which was um, uh, "Blow the Whistle," which was again our original name for this podcast until mm-hmm. you know got sorry to uh, turns out it's like copyrighted or something. But yeah, I can, I can honestly still probably rap the first like eight bars of "Blow the Whistle" the song. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna find out on this podcast if you can. I understand how it lasts so long? Uh, okay, we are. Super t- powers. 
So I had two hundred twenty-five thousand hours. Get a calculator, do the math. I made a thousand songs and made you move your ass for the last three hundred months. I did made sixty-eight albums with me on the front, and they bump. What do you get? Release a total ninety very rapper say this. Anyway, oh, it's not bad. It's not okay. I still got. I still got a little bit. Too short. <laughs> Bay Area. We are here. Anyway, back to Westbrook and Harden. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, I mean, we've been talking about this game for a while. So here, you, let's, let's wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I think Westbrook and Harden. I think they're gonna get better. I feel like yeah, they have I to. They, I still think they figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's a, one last thing about this game. Before we move on, one last thing about this game. There was yeah. a, it, I, and I heard this in real time. There was an article I got later about from Bleacher Report about it. Um, as far as some fan yelled, "We're not here to see something along the lines of we're not here to see free throws," because yeah. James Harden in this game. I don't know if we've told you guys yet. Twenty-four for twenty-four free throws. You know what? Great. He makes his free throws. It's like Mark Price. Fucking great. Congratulations, James Harden. I don't, but, know, I don't know why people are putting an asterisk next to, like, his high-scoring games based on free throws. Like, you guys realize, like, in the game, Wilt Chamberlain scored 100? He took, like, 35 free throws. I'm like, not. Like, this, this is how you that. score a lot of points. It's free throws. Like, I don't, I don't know why people, like, get so mad. Like, like yeah, he had, he, had, he had 60 points or whatever, but he also had, like, 30 free throws. I'm like, yeah, that's how scoring a lot of points works. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. My thing with Harden is just it's made basketball not fun to watch when that's happening. It's no, not fun to watch. It sucks. It legitimately sucks. I know this basketball nerd is just like, oh, yeah, James Harden when he has the, oh, yeah, he has a nice step backs. You know, he, he it, it's an art how he oh, gets I, fouled. I, with I, I totally, I totally oh, respect James Harden. No, I respect James Harden. This shit is just annoying, though. And I think, and, and when the, that fan said that, he was like, "Oh yeah," and I don't want to get fouled, and people don't want to see fouls. It's like, hey, that was kind of a lame comeback. I'm just saying that that wasn't it great. Was. But like, it really was. He, I don't know what I would have said if I were James Harden personally. Ignore it. That's tough. Yeah, honestly, that's tough to have a comeback. You know, just like freestyle comedy off the brain, off the rip in the game. Well, but, the problem um, is, the problem is, so James Harden every game has like one or two fouls. Where it's like, ah, that was not a foul at all. And those get Only blown two? out of proportion. Only two of those? There's a I bunch. Would say, People just don't really know. I would, say, really know how to I would say that 90, hard thing. I would say that 90% of his fouls are, are actual fouls. That dude takes a beating. By the book, technically, yes. Most of them are fouls. Most of them. The majority. Yeah. So, so it's just another way of scoring. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I it's it's I, an art. If it was if if it was that easy, everyone would do it. But there's a reason why he's been the only guy in like league history that's been able to do this. And and I'm not knocking him for that. The thing with Harden though is like and, and I definitely told you this before. I feel like this season, like last season, I feel like I'm watching a movie and I wanna just and I know how this movie ends. And I wanna like fast forward to the end. Because oh, I, I agree. Feel like we, we know they're going to lose in the second round. I feel like they're just going to lose in the second round again. And Harden's going to have another great scoring year, but I don't, I don't think this is sustainable in the playoffs. James Harden, please prove me wrong. Please, I don't want to be read about this. I hope James Harden does get a ring. Good for him. He deserves, he, he deserves a ring. And, and I, I really hope, I wish the best for him. But If he was to win a ring this year, his career changes so much the way you look at it. 100%. He goes from like, he goes from probably, like he's, he'll probably, retire the best player to never win a championship and because i would i would i would put him above barkley obviously and i think barkley's the current best yeah probably i I don't know i mean it's still tough when i don't know i don't know you have to think about 
I guess Steve Nash and guys like that. He's way better and, than Steve and Nash. Stockton Malone, but yeah, I was I would still give it to Barkley. Yeah. I, I oh, I'm sorry. Would. I'm sorry. Carl Malone, not Barkley. You're yeah, right. It should be Carl Malone. Malone. Um, but but, um, but yeah, I would I would definitely I would definitely put him up there. But if he wins a chip, he goes from like another guy to now we're talking about how 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 he has one of the most impressive resumes in league history. I agree with that. My thing with Harden is, yeah, I, I, I just he feel like I'm watching... second in MVP, like, five times. Yeah, and, and I personally, I know there's a lot of people who say he should have won the MVP over Westbrook. I, I, I want to try to say that to myself, that he should have won it, but personally, I'm, I'm happy to give Westbrook his roses that one season. We've shit on Westbrook enough for doing some stat chasing, being inefficient, as we have today in this episode of the scores yep. table. Shout out to everybody for listening and whatnot. But he was fantastic um, that, that, that season. Yeah, he, he really was fantastic. Especially, and in, in, there's, there's something about KD leaving him and, and him staying in Oklahoma City that it's made that season. It, it, exactly. It's the narrative that, and the narrative is such a huge thing when it comes to deciding the MVP. And I, I do think Westbrook deserved that. I'm not going to try to take that award for him in, in, in hindsight. Even though I mean, it 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 definitely does look different statistically and what's happened since then in hindsight. But I, I I'm not taking that award from Westbrook. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Rockets team this season. They're, yeah. If, if nothing but, else, like you said, Westbrook has made the the heart the the, the Rockets for better or worse, more, way more of a wild card and un- unpredictable than than the Chris Paul made it last year. Yeah, I agree. I think I mean, and I said this earlier to you. They have a much uh, higher floor with Chris Paul, but a much higher ceiling with Westbrook. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's all we got on that game. Ooh, that was a lot. It really was. <laughs> all right, let's talk about let's talk about the Utah Jazz this year. Sounds good. So the Utah Jazz have been in kind of a rough place. They've lost their last few games. Uh, last game they lost by about twenty five. Um, the game before that, they lost by, I don't know, uh, like 10 points. The game before that, they lost by 20. Mm-hmm. It's been rough for Utah. And we're just basically going to talk about, is it time to hit the panic button? I'll let you take it away. Here's the thing with Utah. And I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet because we talked about this before uh, the, we started recording the podcast. Utah is not the most interesting team to talk about. I mean, yep. it's, it's Utah. I don't know what's in Utah. There's, I, I know there's Mormons and there's like tomatoes, and there's it's a lot of white people. That's all I, I know. Three things about Utah. Those are the three things. Um, and, and there's, and I've heard there's nothing to do there. That's a ghost town in NBA circles. There's not any. I don't know if there's like Mormon clubs or like. I probably wouldn't be that much fun anyway. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Mormons turn up. You know, because if you can have like multiple wives, the club might be crazy. But um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, the thing with Utah is, and I watched them the last two nights. I watched them against Philly, and I watched them against the Lakers last night. Lakers slapped them. Yep. Philly massacred them. They obliterated yeah. them. The Lakers was, game where was, they lost by twenty five. Twenty five feels twenty five feels closer than it was. I, they lost by only ten to Philly. That feels closer than it was. If not for the oh, Jazz doing well in garbage time, the Jazz were down by like 30 at some point against the Sixers. They were getting killed. Yeah. They were getting absolutely killed. Here's the thing with the Jazz. And 
I don't I don't know about the I don't even know who said this on NBA TV, but the guy who said this was smart. He was right about this. The Jazz aren't really a team that can like make up deficits. No, that's not their game, and that was that wasn't their game last year in the playoffs when they got down like twenty to like fifteen to Houston, even in the second quarter. I was tempted to turn the game off because I was worried about it. But here's the thing with the Jazz. All that aside, there's three big problems with the Jazz. Gobert and Bogdanovich have been very good this year. They've been yep. very good this year. And yep. my man Ed Davis has come in, taken over the Derek Favors slot. That's not a problem. Yep. Ed Davis, fantastic. Love you, well, Ed Davis. Yeah, well, he's missed 12 games, which has been tough. But yeah. Yeah, but he's, but he's, he's back. He's playing well. He was really good against Embiid for, yes, for he was. stretches that he was, he was out there. Anyway... Mike Conley looks ready for the retirement home, and it, it yeah. <laughs> Mike Conley needs a walker or a cane or something, and that and that does not make me happy to say at all. I really, I wanted Mike Conley to be really good this year. I thought he, he was going. He to deserved make. it. He deserved it. Mike Conley is someone that I really want to see on a contender another time because he's had a last a rough few years injury wise with with the grit and grind Grizzlies. I was I was hoping for a renaissance this year against yeah. Jonathan Mitchell and. And he has just he has just looked old, and he has not been good the last few games. No, the second not at all. problem with the Jazz is that one of the reasons everybody was trying to be like, oh, yeah, Jazz are j- dark horse contender. Jazz, dark horse contender. Look at those finals odds. is Because people thought Donovan Mitchell was going to take a leap. I think Donovan Mitchell is still going to take a leap. I just don't think it's this year. I think it's going to be next year when people are talking about comparing him to a young Dwayne Wade. And I think that's a good comparison. I just don't think it's this year. Donovan Mitchell is still his hero ball tendencies, and I don't even blame him for that because Gobert isn't isn't someone who's going to score a lot. No. Mike Conley has not been scoring, and that that brings me into the the third problem with the Jazz, which is one of the reasons Mitchell has to be here to play hero ball sometimes, is because their bench has been bad. Yes. Joe Ingles Joe Ingles is a very good sixth man, even though he I think this is actually his first time as a sixth man. He's usually it is. he's been a starter NBA. for years, but he's been he's been awful this year. Jingle Juice, one of the most uh, pause-worthy nicknames in NBA history. Um, he's not. Nah, he's been bad this year. And when you're looking at the guys the Jazz have to play on their bench, it's just it's just uninspiring. That aren't Ed Davis, like Dante Exum. Funny story. The other day, I saw a picture of Lamelo Ball in the Australian uh, uh, in the Australian league. He's currently in. His will is very. He's Will is very out on the Celtics considering him for their for their lottery pick next year. Um, and it has nothing to do with him as a player. I just don't want to have a ball on my team. <laughs> not, very, Lonzo, not, not Lonzo, not um, China dude, and not LaMelo. <laughs> China dude. <laughs> China dude. That's hilarious. What, what is, what, what, Le- I cannot. Le-Angelo. 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 But anyway, I saw a... a uh, I saw a picture of Melo, uh, Lamelo uh, standing next to a very tall-looking Australian guy, and I thought it was Dante Exum. And the problem is, I wasn't completely shocked. I was <laughs> like, "Wait, is that Dante Exum?" I was like, "No, it's not." I wasn't. I wasn't He's completely from Australia too. So yeah, yeah. So I actually thought it, for a split second it might be him. It wasn't. Right. Dante Exum has not been good this year. Royce O'Neal, eh. Tony Bradley, eh. Catfish Jeff Green. He's, well, he's catfish Jeff Green. Well, don't don't worry. I have, I, have, I have plenty of Jeff Green opinions coming up in a minute. Oh, yes. I, we, <laughs> we, one of our side tangents today is going to be the 2007 NBA draft. If there's three things I know about Will, it's that he's going to be watching Creed 2 in the next two days. That's correct. He, he loves John Legend. 
That's correct. And he has Jeff Green takes for days. I have Jeff Green takes, All right, which so, I will get to. But I want to start I'm, off. I'm with really the, worried about the Jazz. Will the floor is yours? I'm not worried. And not worried. All right. Okay. And I, and I feel I feel like I'm being stupid by not worrying because everything is like slapping me in the face with, like. You should be worried. Like, they're getting killed at home to, to the Lakers and whatever. I look at their roster, and they I feel like that for the most part, they've been unsustainably bad from guys that are usually good. good Joe Ingles is a damn good three-point shooter. Joe Ingles is not going to shoot 31% from three-point all year. Mike Conley... 37% from the field. Now, I've heard things about Mike Conley that don't inspire a lot of confidence. It, the, the pe- people are saying that he has looked not, not, just like, not just like recently, but since the day he showed up in training camp, it's been like he looks like he definitely lost a step. And if he did lose a step... He can still be a damn good player, but he needs to adjust his game to his new athleticism. And that will take time. But mm-hmm. I still think that he's worth inve- worth having confidence in because he's been a damn good player for, what, 13 years? Yes. Like, there's not a whole lot of uh, Mike Connolly cold streaks in those 13 years. Yeah, he's, so been, he's, been a, he's been a consistently a good to great player for a long time. I'm with you yeah. on that. Yeah, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. No, even though I know, like, okay, like, like, look, he's like 34 years old or something. I, I'm going to Google this in the background while I'm typing this. But w- why is this? Ha- he's 32 years old. So why is this happening? That he's been a step slow. He's been he's been very uh, hampered by injuries. I think that's obviously playing a role. Mm-hmm. But he's still playing as if he's. Kind he's having he seems to be having trouble ad- adapting to. He's never had a big guy like Rudy Gobert. Uh-huh. He's never had a dynamic scorer like Donovan Mitchell next to him. He's never had shooters next to him. True, that's a good point. There's so much different for him that I'm willing to just say it'll take time. I think that they'll figure it out. But their bench is really worrisome. And what's honestly the most worrisome of their entire roster to me is that for as good as Rudy Gobert has been, why is he taking two why is he taking eight shots a game? Why is Rudy Gobert taking two full less shots per game than Aaron Baines this year? <laughs> well, Aaron Baines has been fantastic this year, so <laughs> He has. But Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert's still better. Yeah. I just I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like that needs some fixing. I trust Quinn Snyder. He's one of the best coaches in the league. And I trust that they're going to figure it out. But their bench is not good. Emmanuel, yeah, the- decent backup point guard. Not a guy that I'm in love with, though. Do you want Moutier out there in a playoff series? That depends. Really? How much time is left on the clock and what's the score? <laughs> like It's not a blowout. Like, like if we're up by by nine and there's four minutes left in the first half, sure. Okay. If we're if we're down by two and there's three minutes left in the third quarter, no. 
Okay, I can understand that. I can understand that. Yeah. Moutier wasn't bad for the Knicks. No, he was he good. Had, he, had, he had flashes. He, show, he showed flashes with the Knicks. Um, but, like, that's like when you're talking about an NBA team needs eight guys. The Jazz yeah, don't have I, eight I, guys. I, I don't, exactly. I don't want him one of my eight guys. <laughs> I mean, Royce O'Neal's playing 29 minutes. I like Royce O'Neal. I don't like 29 minutes of Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green. All right, I'm starting it. Jeff Green. It's playing 19 minutes per game, shooting 38% from the field, 32% from three-point. And if you Google Jeff Green Jazz, I don't know how deep you're going to have to look, but I saw a blog the other day that said that said Jeff Green just needs to be more consistent. Catfish, the NBA show. I don't know Jeff how Green, many. I don't know how old Jeff Green is. He's thirty-three years old. How how many more years are we going to do this? Like, come on, <laughs> Jeff Green is never going to be consistent. He was decent last year in in Washington. Weirdly, he was decent. Jeff Green, he's a guy. He's a guy. I would love to have on my roster in the postseason. Uh-huh. I agree. He's going to single-handedly win you a game or two. Because when <laughs> Jeff Green gets going, he's really freaking good. 2007 NBA draft. <laughs> Jeff Green drafted number five to the Boston Celtics and then immediately traded to the Seattle Supersonics for Ray Allen. Ooh. I forgot that trade happened. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I'm going to read you the top few picks in the NBA draft. 2007? Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, Durant, Al Horford, Mike Conley, Jeff Green, Yi Jinlin, Corey Brewer, Brandon Wright, Joakim Noah, Spencer Hawes. Those are your top 10 picks. How many guys in the entire 2007 NBA draft do you think have played a single minute this year? Thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I've... Not KD. It's gotta be. I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say five. Five from 2007. That's only 12 years ago. I'm going five. I think oh, okay. Jeff Green, Conley, uh, what's his face? All Horford, right, so, obviously. I'm, I'm going. So, I'm so, going five, so maybe the six. Full list. Jeff the full list is Al Horford, Mike Conley, Jeff Green. Ah, sorry, excuse me. Thad Young, oh. uh, Marco Bellinelli, Jared Dudley, and I believe that's... Oh, and Marcus All. Oh, okay. That's not bad at all. I was way off. That's not bad at all. Shout out to my man Jared Dudley, by the way. One of my favorite NBA players, as <laughs> as our longtime listeners know. You know what I'm saying? But Brooklyn, you know we are here. So, so Jeff Green's one of like the six, five or six guys left from this draft. That's still playing minutes, and there's and there's a few guys in there that just haven't played this year. Like Durant hasn't played a single minute. That's not because he's out of the league. Just obviously he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, um, so there's so many guys in this draft. After I would have still drafted over Jeff Green, even if you told me he was going to be playing 13 years later. <laughs> like I, I would have drafted Al Thornton over him. I'd rather have Al Thornton. <laughs> like. Al Thornton's playing in the, in the uh, big three right now. 
He won fourth man of the year last year. <laughs> I don't know. At least, at least he never shot below forty three percent in a in a, in a season. Well, you know what Al Thorne didn't do? He didn't give you one of the greatest moments, the, the top 10 moments in the last decade of Celtics history when Jeff I'm Green sorry. made that shot against Fucking the top Miami 10? Heat. Yes, top 10. Will, you better check yourself. No, top 10. Put that top 10. Bottom 10. Bottom 10. <laughs> I mean, people think it was good. <laughs> that was all time worst Jeff Green catfish moments. You know what's funny? I probably watched every single Celtics game in like a four and like for four straight years honestly maybe even more than that i think this is the the first year that i've missed more than like one game just because i've been working and stuff and that was like the one single game i missed when he hit that shot (laughs) and i remember i saw i was at like a wedding or something and i saw it on instagram that he hit that shot and my very first reaction was just like, oh. <laughs> like, I was already out on him. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I th- actually, actually, I'm pretty sure my exact first reaction was, why is Gerald Wallace in? <laughs> All right. So As was everybody. <laughs> Jared Wallace. Or sorry, not Jared. Yeah, Gerald Wallace. I said Jared before. Gerald Wallace. One of the best inbound passers I've ever seen in my life. So weird. One of the best inbound passers I've ever seen in my life. How the fuck do you know this? Like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know how you know this. <laughs> you just I Google, like, best NBA inbound passers and just, like, have, watch YouTube highlights on them. I have, like, weird lists of these things. Like, Jared Sollinger, another exceptional inbound passer. This needs to be in the Will Robbins book of basketball. <laughs> it really does. Team's gotta have, every, team, every team needs to have a, there's three seconds left on the shot clock, or on, on the game clock, and you need a guy to throw a three-quarter court pass accurately guy. True, that's, that's, a, that's a thing and, that, um, and, just and, think and, about and, the, the Knicks with the Reggie Miller thing way back in the 90s. I mean, you yeah. You get a good inbound pass, so everything's different. Yeah, and, 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 and honestly... And and there's a difference between outlet passing and inbound passing. Like Kevin Love is the best outlet passer in the league. Kevin Love is not a top five inbound passer. Very different passing style because you can't you can't step as much on the inbound pass. Kevin Love takes the big step forward to chuck it. He's just gonna be an inbound vial. Um, this is so stupid. Anyway, no one will <laughs> have to hear this. How many people at home were like? Oh man, I can't wait for the scorers table to start talking about inbound passing techniques. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Gerald Wallace, best inbound passer I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> I hear that. Other than you watching like screen setting porn with Aaron Baines, um, this has been a, this has been an interesting rabbit hole for this podcast to go down. Hey. Hey, I'm all for it though. I'm excited, bro. You know, I gotta, I gotta maybe guest write a chapter or something in the in the Will Robbins book of basketball coming one day, coming soon one... to a to a Barnes and Noble near you. I gotta, I gotta start that. I, I, I need, to, I have my, I have my, uh, like what chapters I want to put in it. Mm-hmm. Haven't quite gotten to writing yet though. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. It's, it's a process. It's a process. Like you gotta sit down. You gotta be in the right mindset. I don't have time to write a book. 
I'm Googling Gerald Wallace inbound passing right now to see if I can find like a YouTube like video of all of them. And uh and as I'm sure you can guess, I don't I don't see one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There's some basketball nerds out there. I don't know if like Kevin O'Connor is like making Gerald Wallace like inbound passing power rankings. I don't, I don't uh, know. He should. <laughs> oh, here we go. The whole Reddit thread of them. Well, what happens on Reddit? I don't know what happens on Reddit. So people Reddit. just like people just that's just like an online chat room with like bullying and stuff like that, or like what is that? No, I love Reddit's Reddit's great. It's literally just um it's literally just like people uh people like like it's like a thread of of uh, comments. All right, so I'm gonna send you this specific Gerald Wallace inbound pass. And I want to hear your reaction to it live on the podcast for all of our live viewers. Live on the podcast. Yep. Okay. This is, this is not the Gerald Wallace inbound pass to Jeff Green. This is one to Jared Sullinger. This was four years ago. Actually, it might have been four years ago today. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. He's like, he's too bad what? Sullinger missed it, though. That's a great pass. One-handed. Notice, notice the feet because you can't step a lot on the inbound. Down pass. <laughs> you need so, you need arms for that. That's arm strength. That's pure arm strength right there. Exactly because when you're doing the inbound pass, you can't step. You're gonna um like you're gonna step out of bounds. Uh-huh. So what does he do? Takes a step forward. He can't move the other foot. Oh my god, what a pass, Gerald Wallace. That's a that's a what was this contract like? Twelve million dollars. He has a twelve million dollar a year pass. Hey, Jared, I, the, the Giants should hire him to be quarterback. Goddamn, that's a More good pass. At, more, than Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones didn't have that one first like good game, people would be like really panicking. He's been awful since that first game. I don't know, man. I don't, you know I don't watch football, but I'm telling you, bro, you, you're ex- you should be excited. Odell Beckham's gonna be a Patriot. He will be. I know it. I know it in my bones. I fucking know he's, it in my bones. I know it. Trying to be for like three years. No, he's he's gonna do it. Brady always, you know, Brady being the Trump supporter that he is, you know, he, he'll always get Thanks his way. Probably. There. Thanks for listening. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, unless you have anything else to add to the jazz, we should wrap it up there. Uh, I'm good. I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Scorers Table. If you're new, subscribe. Leave a five star review. Leave a rating. We appreciate it. Uh, I told you guys this podcast is going to be all over the place i told you that going in you were you were sufficiently warned but i think it was a fun pod i enjoyed this one most definitely most definitely well i'm out of, i'm out of northeastern like a few days i said i'm, I'm home for winter break i'm saying we so, got a link sounds good let me know i'm you already know restaurants. <laughs> all right, I'll, so, all I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited to, to to see what some some nicks games soon once, uh, once, once Mark Jackson becomes the next, the next guy to coach the orange and blue. I hope not. <laughs> the franchise savior. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, thanks, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys later. Here.